This is the Strength Anger Podcast, part of the Berserker Strength Radio Network, featuring APF Illinois State Chairman Eric Stone, as well as AAPF AWPC Powerlifter Robert Bain. We are coming at you from 2XL Powerlifting in Lombard, Illinois, and you can find this podcast online on anchor.fm. All right, everybody, we are back with yet another Strength and Anger interview. And, you know, it's so cool that the, the more and more the show has grown and, you know, the, the avenues we get to be around it, we get to meet just some really fucking cool people. And to be fair, powerlifting continues to grow and just develops really fucking cool people. And we have with us today, uh, I would say, one of the more amazing stories over the last four or five years within powerlifting. Uh, really, I don't know how I could do a better introduction for for this particular lifter. He holds the biggest power lift, any of the three lifts of all time. He is historically the greatest bencher. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Jimmy Kolb. Jimmy, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Really appreciate you. Finally got you on, man. I'm stoked for this. <laughs> yeah, so am I, man. This is awesome. Yeah, thanks for coming on, Jimmy. Totally, absolutely. Well, cool. Well, hey, we're, we're going to get into some stuff, and, and you know, like I said, we're, we're super excited to have you on. I know uh, our resident fanboy, Timor Bloomfield, is like pressed up against the glass trying to hear as much as he can, but he can't because <laughs> we have the headphones on. So, uh, you know, we'll probably have a special message for Timor afterwards. But, Jimmy, why don't you go ahead, just uh, introduce yourself, kind of, you know, where you're from, family, uh, you know, and kind of give the basics, and then we'll, we'll dive into everything. Totally. Um, I mean, I, I currently reside in Virginia. Uh, I spent the majority of my life northeastern Ohio, uh, but I was originally born in uh, uh, Big Sky, Mon- uh, Bozeman, Montana. Nice. Oh, okay. So that was, yeah, I mean, I was born out there. It was really cool. Uh, just the classic, you know, parents split up and we mom went uh, with took us kids out here. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I consider I, I just tell people I'm from Ohio. That's where I did most of my growing up. And, and to I be did. fair, most people don't even know where Montana is, honestly. Yeah, dude, no, nah, it's 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 like the it's a huge, beautiful, just gorgeous oh, it's state. Incredible. It's, uh very sparsely populated, mm-hmm. as as big as it is. But uh so yeah, um it's been lifting weights for this this past May, marked eighteen years, been lifting weights and fourteen years competing. Awesome. Uh did did some few sports here and there during high school, but lifting's been a big part of my life for more than half of it, and I'm really happy about it too. For sure. And uh married, correct? been married for 12 years yeah katie's uh katie's pretty cool i've met katie she's uh she's she is quite the supporter and partner of you sir yes i am i am extraordinarily very 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 fortunate uh to have her on my side it's it's quite a blessing amen uh talk about some of your accomplishments i mean the numbers kind of speak to themselves but you know maybe some things that you're you're excited about uh that you've accomplished thus far uh in, in or out of power i think uh, you've you've got a cool story and we're getting into that but uh just, just some some highlights uh you know there well highlights uh i'll start kind of back at the beginning um i'll say at the very start is that when i was 14 right when i started lifting weights i back you know that was 2002 2001 uh, that at that point, a 700 pound bench was considered like it, it was it was unheard of. Right. I believe Canelli benched eight in 2002, so we're talking probably 2003 or four. But um, I, I, I made it my life goal to bench 700 pounds before I died. <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, yeah. you you've done that a couple times. Have I? So I began lifting at 14. At 18, I became the number one teenage bench presser in the nation at the time, 
uh, we're always going to re- just be on the equip side of the sport with all of yep. this. But it's all that matters anyway. Ross is all that <laughs> And uh, I, I benched 600 pounds um, in a single ply uh, Rajex, and then uh, I would go on it. Uh, night, uh, 19, I would bench 700 and then eventually 740, mm-hmm. uh, giving me the second heaviest bench ever done by a teenager to my knowledge. Um, regardless of weight class, I believe one gentleman benched like 750, but, wow. uh, I would bench. But, was it in Russia and, um, and uh, weird kilo plates or <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. Something like that. Perfect. And, uh, so, and then at 21, I would break, I'd break the 900 pound barrier, uh, again, in single ply. With a 903, um, won the Arnold Classic in 2014. Uh, when it when it was still a cool, biggest bench takes all competition with mm-hmm. a 950, and I, I kind of walked away from it for a couple of years. Joined the military, and then men enlistment started lifting weights again. And then before I left the Marine Corps, I would bench a thousand pounds for the first time. Mm-hmm. That was in uh, March of 2020, and then. Ever since then, I've done 11 consecutive 1,000-pound-plus uh, uh, bench attempts in competition. It's absolutely incredible. It's interesting you mention that because my viewpoint is I, I came on the sport in 2014, not necessarily as, uh, as seasoned as, as Mr. Stone here next to me. And so from my purview, like you kind of came out of nowhere, but obviously you had a much longer career prior to that. Just Obviously, there was a, a bit of interruption through, uh, through the military. Yes, there was. So, what do you do outside of powerlifting? I mean, I, I believe you you've got your DD two fourteens, you're you're out, or you're going to be out very soon. What, what what do you do outside of powerlifting? Outside of powerlifting, uh, I, it, it's it's a little more limited mm-hmm. uh, compared to what it used to be, just because of how much more I'm doing to maintain and also grow um, for my current uh, competitive bench presses. But mm-hmm. I, I really like guns. Um, I used, I used to tinker around with cars and that became more of a headache than anything and financially stressing. So I said, dad, the the hell with that. But, Mm -hmm. um, I like to shoot, which is something I got out of the Marine Corps. Mm -hmm. Um, so I like to build guns, shoot them, um, eat. I mean, I, I, I enjoy eating. You you were good at eating, sir. I'll tell you that much. Uh, yeah, I, I like it. It kind of goes hand in hand with what we do, but like, I also just really enjoy eating. Sure. Uh, that's, I mean, hanging out with my wife, um, hanging out with our friends, which are also our training partners and mm-hmm. gym, gym, gym people. So that's about it, man. And, and I say the, the folks I've met uh, as part of your crew, they are pretty fucking dope. I specifically will call out, uh, Jenna Magruder and, uh, Amber Hansen. They are, uh, they're pretty fucking awesome. Yes. I, 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 it kind of works itself out over time, but I really am good at surrounding myself with truly good, like-minded people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I really, truly, that's why we're still in Virginia. Um, mm-hmm. I got out of the Marine Corps, um, it'll be three months, uh, two years ago. Yeah. And the only reason we stayed in Virginia instead of going back home to Ohio is because of the people I have um, at our current gym location. They're just amazing. And I, I, we don't want to leave them. And I'm, I'm trying to bully my sister and uh, and her boyfriend, who actually lives in Manassas, to come over to you guys. But uh, you serious? I, I shit you not. Uh, yeah, and my si- my sister is in Waldorf, so a little farther away. But, uh, uh-huh. but yeah, I've been trying to. When I found out he lived in Manassas City, I'm like, there is no fucking reason why Matthew should not be oh, over there. Come on, man. you got to be. Oh, I, I shit you not, man. And like when, when we were out there for, I, I was out there at the same time as the American Pro and. Literally, Matthew's over there. I'm like, my friends are all right next to you right now. Yes. Yeah. Okay, that's awesome. 
So how did you get involved in sports in general? Um, did you do any other sports prior to powerlifting? I mean, it looks like you started at a, a relatively young age as a teenager, but was there any other background prior to that? Oh, yeah, dude. Um, in Montana, there wasn't a lot. Uh, you just had the classic. So, yeah, y'all, y'all are playing basketball and football. Yeah, just baseball, a little bit of soccer. I, I never played football. Nobody cares about I, soccer. I, no, I never played football. But I did I did martial arts from the age seven, 7 to 14. So seven years I was involved in martial arts competitively. Okay. Um, high school, you're, you're looking. I did, I did uh, track and field. Well, not the – track part but the field part yeah so like uh, i just don't picture you as a sprinter jimmy no 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 i always it's called track and field but it's, I, I only did the field I, I was a thrower um yes. i threw all six years middle school to high school mm-hmm. did a little bit of wrestling but i really didn't fucking enjoy it at all mm-hmm. um, but at 14 years old so about middle school is when i picked up the weights um and that I was i was that was all part of my high school uh career my first official sanctioned meet was it my senior year of high school during the track season um so i've been involved with the the weights from an early age but i you know i was doing the just you know normal stuff in martial arts and mm-hmm. other other stuff like that but a little uh, kung i picked fu, up weights kind of by girls accident. life on stuff so awesome so yeah. so, you, so you mentioned already you did your first meet uh your senior year what drove you towards powerlifting obviously you're lifting for sports and just you know kind of feel good and let's be real most of us when we're teenagers we all want to be strong and look good for the chicks so like w- yep. what drove you towards powerlifting and and maybe talk about that first meet experience well uh I, I i picked up the weights originally just because i came upon the the i think it was the the weeder bodybuilding encyclopedia at a mm-hmm. bookstore and I was like, well, gee, holy. I was actually looking for books on martial arts, and I happened upon this 400-page encyclopedia on bodybuilding. started lifting weights to try to get as big as I possibly could. So for the first four years, I was just lifting weights to be as big as I possibly could, doing overhead press and all these weird lifts and mm-hmm. you know, doing all the lifts. And I uh, got pretty strong. At 18, uh, my mom was going to school at a local campus. Uh, it was called Kent State University. Mm-hmm. And uh, she said, hey, there's a guy in my class who is just enormous, just this huge guy. And he told me he's trying to bench 700 pounds in that number. I was like, what? 700? That's that's only been done a handful of times at, right. at that time. Right. And, uh, yeah, he goes to school with me and he said he wants to meet. He goes to the YM. I was going to YMCA at the time. And <laughs> somehow we hooked up and I saw this man and he was the epitome of a huge bencher he just had the melon the watermelon gut giant fucking shoulders mm-hmm. it, was three, it was adam hicks was his name and at the time he was the third youngest in history to bench 700 pounds at like 22 or 23 years old wow so he introduced me to powerlifting and said man we got to get you over to blackstone so he pulled me away from the ymca which thank fuck he did that <laughs> um he and then he took me over to blackstone's gym which is in west lafayette ohio Introduced me to the owner, John Blackstone, a lot of other characters, Ralph Young, Rusty Bluck, Dale Manaphy, Avery Dotson, Tracy Weiler. And uh, they just said, you know, powerlifting, powerlifting. And I started training with them and they introduced me to competing. And I it's just it's the rest is uh, as corny as it sounds is history. Yeah, it's no, no doubt, man. No doubt. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. What was your first meet then? Um, that was, well, I did a couple of non-sanctioned high school meets. That was okay. kind of my introduction. Okay. Uh, just local <clears throat> high school meets and yep. up in Ohio. It's not a sanctioned sport up in Ohio. Sure. Mm-hmm. I know that's, that, that's a Southern thing like Texas and Louisiana. Oh, yeah, for sure. 
so I did unsanctioned meets in high school, got introduced to it. And those were just like, you, you could only wear a belt. There was no knee wraps, wrist wraps, knee sleeves. It was just a belt. Yeah. Um, that eventually I got into, <laughs> I, I can't believe it. Yes. I actually competed in the NASA Federation. Wow. Uh, yeah, Eric, Eric yeah. Snor- snore laughing over here. Did you do strip yeah, pro? I, I was, you know, I, I've only done two of their meets. I'm embarrassed, but I, I went to the 2009 uh, NASA High School Nationals in Oklahoma City. Wow, it was so, amazing. It's, but it's, you know, you don't know any better. You're just like, hey, it's what's available, and you're, you're It was, yeah. yeah, it was, it was a high school level meet or national, and mm-hmm. I did very, very well. I placed, I, I got first in whatever obscure division I was in. Um, so that, that's where it all started was with the NASA Federation. And do you, do you remember your numbers from that first meet or? Oh, I've got them here oh, up in power. Oh, oh yeah. Good, good, yeah ready to go. Oh, you do? He's... Yeah. Um, let me see if I can get it right. I think I squatted, this is raw, mm-hmm. 562. I benched 409. I think I pulled 600. Yeah, sounds about right. Well, open power says four oh seven, but we won't. Uh, yeah, we won't. Well, co- we won't. Well, well, no, I'll take it. We'll do four oh seven. Yeah. That's fine. <laughs> I mean, that's that's pretty fucking good for an eighteen year old man. Like at two twenty, by the way, not at. Uh, you know, Ooh, so not, felt. Not at the big man. Yeah, I was. I was now. a. Yeah, I was a middleweight two twenty, I believe. Wow, mm-hmm. nice. Yeah. And well, the numbers have progressed a little bit. Uh, yeah. Could you tell us about some of the the best numbers in competition now? Um. So full power. I've done full power. A lot of people don't know that I've done raw. Full, what? Raw, full power, no. Full power. Yeah. Uh huh. Um, I've done a. My best squat was nine oh three. That was back in twenty thirteen, I believe. Um, full power bench was eight thirty two, and then my best pull was seven. Okay. Uh, my best total was twenty four ten at a body weight of like two eighteen or two nineteen at twenty years old. That's a very very solid total. Um, I didn't think it was at the time, though. I was like, oh, I hate the, I, I hate it full power. I still hate full power. I don't even do it anymore. <laughs> I, um, I beg to differ, sir. I uh, observed you do a full power meet very recently. Hmm. Oh, you did, though. I you did. did. And I, I even emceed the whole thing. You see, you see, the thing is, with that whole situation, <laughs> it's like, I had no choice. Yeah. That's okay. So I guess, yeah, I, I have done it. But, uh, but anyhow, no. Yeah, uh, twenty four ten at two eighteen. Again, I was I was a junior at twenty years old. Mm-hmm. Uh, did another total a couple years later at the XPC finals. It was slightly twenty three fifty or sixty. Uh, but um, then I, I've spent the majority of my competitive career, so the last fourteen years specifically, trying to build the bench since mm-hmm. that's the lift I actually care about. Right. Um, again, at 18 or ni- 18 or 19, I benched 600 for the first time. And then 14 years later, actually 13 at the age of 31, um, I ended up becoming the first human to bench both 1200 and 1300 with a lift of 1320 pounds. Yeah. That's which mm-hmm. is, it's tough to kind of wrap your mind around that number because I mean, not so yours, but it's in general. And I mean, there are guys that are struggling to squat a thousand pounds you mm-hmm. know, for yours truly included. And here you are holding 1300 pounds over your face. Uh, it, it really is. It is incredible. And that kind of leads into like the next question. I mean, obviously you're strong. There's no question about it. You've mm-hmm. kind of always been strong based on the numbers, but really over the last, as you said, you, you've been focusing on the bench, but really like since you got that thousand pound bench, uh, when you're still in the core, it really has exploded. And, and talk a little bit about, you know, 
the rise in those numbers, what's helped. Uh, certainly there's been some technology on the uh, the equipment side, but what else do you think has helped you and helped the rise in those numbers and the notoriety of, uh, of the bench press here over the last probably 27 or 28 months? Yeah. Uh, I mean, you, like you mentioned, my first thousand, my thousand thirty five, that was the first time I benched a grand. It wasn't a grand flat. It was ten thirty five. Um, that was a monumental day for me because I did that at 273 body weights that gate that I beat Scott Mendelson's all time world record. Um, so that was that really just, that's that means something. It did. I, it meant a lot to me. And of course, I mean, the first person online to reach out was was him, you know, because he's awesome. he's that way. He really was happy for me. But um, again, that was mid enlistment. That was a very odd time for me. Um, I was about eight months to getting out. Mm hmm. Um, so that was kind of rough. And then the whole country got weird and all things were shut down. So I couldn't compete again until the following January. So about eight or nine months later, wait, 10 months. Yeah, I, know we, I had actually reached out to you about doing our autism meet that year because it was later mm-hmm. in the year because of all the shutdowns. But you, you, like, you hadn't been peaked. Obviously, you were training kind of as you could, and um, timing didn't work out because I think I reached out to you like three weeks before the meet, uh, which is my fault. But, right. Um, but yeah, so you said it was January of 21 is when you competed again. That is correct. And I, I made the switch. So I, I benched 1,035. I used a Multiply Katana. Okay. Uh, those shirts are fucking assholes. They're just really, <laughs> really hard to use. And mm-hmm. I'm so glad I got away from them because they're just so so cumbersome. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyhow, uh, I had this itch in my head. I'm like, I want to bench 1,000 single ply. Um. You know, I finally accomplished a lifetime goal. Mm-hmm. I benched over a grand. Now I want to kind of specialize. I want to bench a grand single ply. Mm-hmm. Um, more specifically, what I had written up on our wall in the gym was I wanted to bench a thousand fifty. And I, I don't know. I can't tell you why. It, it sounds cool. Thousand fifty. Yeah. I don't know. Ten fifty. Um, yeah. You know. So I, I decided to go for that. But I, I, I made the switch to single ply uh, late that year of twenty twenty. And uh, I, I remember speaking to Ken Anderson of uh, Anderson Powerlifting back mm-hmm. when I was 19, 18 years old when I first got picked up and uh, as an athlete. And he told me that a properly fitted single ply can rival and beat anything multiply. So I, I remember him saying that we talked about it extensively and I, I used that and I got this thing to fit to a T. Mm-hmm. Um, so I ended up benching 1,050. Uh, in January at Belmar at the Attila's gym. Fuck yeah, I love mm-hmm. Attila's gym. Yes, yes. And uh, full support them. I like what they're doing. And uh, I was disappointed that he uh, didn't win uh, the well, chance to run for Congress, but still, I think he's going to do some pretty good things. Fuck yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> that's so cool. So I got to meet. Yeah, I got to meet the owners. It was a fun experience. Awesome but, man. Um, but yeah, no, that was January, and then uh, I went to the Baddest Venture in March. Bench a thousand eighty. This is in the same shirt. That's what I, I, I mm-hmm. like to mention that to people that all the training from about October to January to do that thousand fifty mm-hmm. from October of twenty twenty all the way till this final lift I'll tell you about is with the same shirt with no modifications. Wow. Um thousand fifty in January, thousand eighty in March at the Baddest Venture in Texas. Mm-hmm. And then in June I did eleven hundred and twenty. Mm-hmm single ply and then i think a month later did like a thousand sixty and that 1120 at that time was the biggest bench of all time correct they the, 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 the band yep. shirts are not it really was, taken it off. it was the highest bench ever done yep 
regardless of age, weight class, drugs, no drugs, equipment used. Right, I held yeah, that everything. Yep. With a single yep. ply shirt. Yeah, and we're and talking it. literally just over a year ago. Yeah, uh, yeah, it was just over a year ago. Yeah, I mean, just you, to see the the progression from there to now. Oh, it, I, I'm I'm still. That was one of the best competitive years of my entire life. I mean, this year has been even better, but that oh, yeah. last year, 2021, was. Oh, it was just uh, it was monumental for me as an athlete or me personally. And I can um, remember uh, speaking from the sideline. I remember it was probably an hour after you hit that lift. Of course, the video hits the internet and just goes ape shit, mm-hmm. right? And of course, you always have people that will say something. But ultimately, what you have is you have everybody, even like the raw purists, and everybody. Like, this is a guy that is using the gear that, in theory, is part of the USAPL standard, which everybody goes to, right? So yep. it's not like we're saying, oh, it's the multi-ply gear whore. It's like, no, this is a single ply, and here's a guy who said, fuck it, I'm going to do more than all of you. I think that's like what, from my vantage point, just brought a ton of spotlight to, to you personally, but also just back to the bench press, which, as much as I hate saying this, is ultimately what, what most people relate to when it comes to powerlifting. I tell people I squat 1,000 pounds, they're like, what? And, and they, they can't fathom it. You tell somebody Danny Griggs pulled 1075 of the American Pro, they can't understand it you tell somebody somebody bench press a thousand pounds like oh shit i get that because i've I've bench pressed before yeah it's it's a it's a very relatable lift it's i it's the king of the lifts i don't give a shit i mean scott (laughs) said it back in the 2000s Uh, i I politely disagree but i understand where you come from with that i understand i i and i agree to to disagree i'm cool with where you're coming from but um you're, but yeah, you're, you're built to uh, bench. I'm built to squat, and that's why we disagree. See, that's yeah. And if I was built to deadlift, I'd be saying the same thing about the deadlift. Exactly, but. exactly. <laughs> um, but I'm not built to deadlift. I'm I'm okay with that. But, there you go. So yeah, it's, it was just it was just crazy how how fast, and, and a lot of it had to do with my body weight as well. I steadily increased in body weight, mm-hmm. um, which has always been a problem for me. Um, I had to figure out a couple of different tricks uh, to get my body weight to stop being so stubborn. Mm-hmm. So as you know, I went from 273, benching 1,035, uh, to I think 280 to do 1,050, and then eventually at the at the upper end when I did bench that 1120, I think I was still under 200 pounds, or th- I'm sorry, 300 pounds, but like 290. I think you were like 297, 298, if I recall. There you go. And I know I'm sure Timor knows this, and we got to ask him. But there you go. So <laughs> I mean, it was good. I mean, I, I just you know. Oh boy, it was. Um, it was. It wasn't until November of last year mm-hmm. that I decided to make the the transition to the to the to new equipment. That's uh, the band shirts because mm-hmm. I went to I went to York again, uh, York, Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. to compete. I bombed out. Yeah, uh, I took a I took ten in, in the same single ply shirt. I took ten seventy, eleven forty, eleven fifty, and they wouldn't touch. Hmm. Uh, I was a bloated three fifteen. I, I they got the bar out to me and I was so bloated because of all the sodium and water that I was holding. Mm-hmm. I I that I couldn't get a breath. I was like I was like sucking air. I couldn't get any air. Yeah. Because I was that distended and bloated, so I ended up bombing out because I couldn't touch eleven fifty in a single ply katana. So that's but nice. then yeah, I switched over to wow. the band shirts after that. <clears throat> so so you made the jump and then your first meet in a band shirt, what because I want to touch on this because, again, I think this this evolution over the last 24 months has been incredible. Of mm-hmm. Not just you, but just the bench in general. You switch over to the band shirt, and what what did you do your first meet in a band shirt? Uh, the first meet in a band shirt, so I went – that was November. I bombed out. Mm-hmm. I competed – oh, crap. Uh, the end of February, so just three, four months later. Mm-hmm. 
And that's where I would successfully bench 1225 and 1320. Yeah. That, which just, again, still just wrapped my mind around that. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, in, in incredible numbers. And I, and I know there's there's certainly more in the tank because I seen it. <laughs> I seen it. <laughs> yeah, dude. Uh, describe, you know, meat day for us. Like, what is your mindset? Um, how how differently do you warm up now versus as a teenager? Um, mm. What what is your strategy as far as choosing attempts? I mean, in the past, and it seems like you've been, I would say, arguably one of the most consistent big benchers that I've seen in many years. Mm. It seems like the philosophy of a lot of big benchers, including the aforementioned Scott Mendelson was either hit the big lift or bomb out. Which, high risk, high reward. <laughs> which doesn't bode well for uh, if you want to make it a show, if you just have a bunch of guys sure. missing benches. So what is your mindset as far as that type of thing goes? Well, I'll, I'll just start at the beginning. Uh, when I was a teenager, it was very I – was, I was young and dumb. You know, I would, I would, I would warm up um, very, very slow – doing a lot of a lot of board work i would actually work down the board so three two one leading up to like an opener uh because i didn't know any better that's what mm-hmm. everybody around me was doing we're talking again late early two late 2000s whatever um but you know back then i wasted so much energy uh on the on the hype you know i would get I'd take a hit of ammonia and smack in the face mm-hmm. and scream and i would just i would i would be tired before just I even blow your load before you even lay down yeah so i so eventually i got smart and i ditched that mm-hmm. um so that was you know 10 years ago so you for, fast forward to now um it's one of my favorite subjects to talk about because i i i, I finally figured myself out which is mm-hmm. you know it took this long but uh no going to a meet um my mindset is very very calm i'm 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 just i do this shit every single saturday mm-hmm. is what i tell myself i'm in the gym every saturday for heavy bench at 10 o'clock well now it's nine o'clock for various circumstances mm-hmm. but um i show up and i try to be as chill as possible because in the gym like we are serious but we also love to have fun you know we're not we're not a west side style right. gym you know you get beat out you have the risk of getting your ass kicked every time you walk in there but um in the gym, we're happy. We're fun. we're making jokes. We're doing whatever. We're lounging around. We're just doing our thing. So when I get to the competition, and I, I do the exact same thing because I can go into the gym every single Saturday and hit these big lifts. So I try to copy that. So mm-hmm. we show up to the meet. I actually, being a bench only guy, I get to show up. You know, four to five hours late. Correct. Um, <laughs> unless there's somebody who's lifting who needs my help, that's totally different. Mm-hmm. Um, roll into the meet at like noon, one o'clock set my stuff down, get oriented, say I had a few people that I get going. That's, that's what I do at the gym. I don't show up to the gym at seven o'clock in the morning and then sit around doing nothing until three o'clock in the afternoon and then bench. Right. Makes no sense. So I show up really late. Um, and we just do normal. So we just joke, we have fun. I, I, you know, my Katie makes me laugh and I'm rolling around on the floor half the time laughing and, uh, just trying to be happy and just have fun. Um, you know, with this whole mentality of oh, it's time to go to war, shut the fuck up. I hate that <laughs> oh, we're lifting but, weights, dude. But, That's but what Jimmy, we're there's, we're not there's sharks and, and, and wolves and, and bears. and oh Yeah, my. we're going to kill bears and wear their heads on our, you know, uh, make jackets out of it. And, 
berserker I mean, yeah. Viking mentality. To be I'm fair, like, you got to be careful with that. There's a lot of bears in Powerlifting. I'm just throwing it out there. <laughs> and bear lovers. Yeah, there's a lot of bear lovers around us, Oh, too. God. Oh, Jesus. We're not going that way. But yeah. you get my point. You absolutely. Know, just, absolutely. You know, I, I don't act that way in the gym. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do what I do in the gym. This makes me successful. I'm going to do that at the competition. I'm very, very calm. I'm, I'm ready internally. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a little bit of hype. You know, the moment I'm walking up to the bench – trying to get focused, whatever it's for real. I, you know, there's people watching me. It's kind of, but overall I do the exact same thing in the gym I do on the, on the platform. Yeah. That makes sense. And, and and I think it's important for people to understand that because, you know, we, we, we asked that question, like some of these questions we asked almost every one of our interviewees. Cause I think it's important, right? Because you have some folks, I think one great example of kind of the, uh, the antithesis of that is like Anthony Oliveira, right? And I believe you know, Anthony, or at least you guys know each other in passing. And, you know, Anthony, I would say, is the opposite of that. He is very fiery, you know, very much that, like, turns everything on. Now, when he's at the gym or when he's, like, not lifting himself, same thing, laughing, cutting up, having fun. But yep. he is the kind of guy that just flips the switch, and it's it's motherfucking go time. And it's very outward uh, that you oh, see that display. Oh, it, you know, and he probably – but that's probably how he is in the gym all the – when, when Ab- he's lifting, that's how he absolutely. is. Absolutely, absolutely it is. So, so I mean, the, I always tell people that the time to experiment with new things is not at the competition. It's not in your second attempt. <laughs> no, you, you need to if you if you're like, oh, I'm going to try this new thing. I'm going to. You've never smelled ammonia. You're going to try it for the first time, or you're doing this new warm up routine. That's the time to experiment is not on meat day. Yes, because you don't know how that thing is going to affect you. You need to practice, which sounds ridiculous. But you need to practice these things in the gym. Mm-hmm. To them and employ them on the on meet day, and and I think you'll you'll probably appreciate this too because there are so many variables that you just simply will not be able to control on meet day. The last thing you want to do is introduce them intentionally. Yeah, no, <laughs> you you do have control over a few things. Yes, and you need to make sure that it's in your favor. Yeah, exactly. um, yes, that was a good way to put it. Absolutely. So. You, you got to experience the WPO, at least the bench bash, uh, in, in March of this year. So it was right after your 1320. Uh, yes. And, and we, we always talk about the WPO for a specific reason. Obviously, Eric and I are tied to it for a variety of reasons. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I was there. I was there spotting. It was awesome. Uh, myself, Lloyd, and, uh, and Kyle thoroughly enjoyed uh, getting to, to watch you do your thing up close. Talk about that experience overall, what you enjoyed, what you'd maybe want to change. And, and definitely I want to hear, too, I think the, the listeners also want to hear, about baddest bencher this year because that of course you know it's been on now on ESPN as, as of this recording uh, on ESPN two so even a step up from what the WPO was uh, a couple years ago so like it continues to powerlifting continues to kind of move forward on the uh, on the docket and so would love for you to talk about that experience as kind of like the centerpiece of it. Sure, um, I'm I'm just a competitor like everybody else. I don't like to consider myself the show. You know, mm-hmm. like the main stage up front I, I, i'm just that, there that's why i said it How you? <laughs> you know what i mean I, you know i'm just i like i don't see myself that way i like mm-hmm. to just show up and just perform and have fun but yep. the wpo was awesome i mean any chance to go to florida i'm gonna take yeah i just oh man i i love going down to florida so um the gym was kind of funky uh you know a little odd but for me but yeah uh, <laughs> all the colors and the Instagram chicks and the, it was just a little strange. Yeah. Uh, not my, you know, <laughs> not my normal uh, space, but yeah. But uh, the meet itself was, was very well run. I got to meet Karen Kinner for the first time, which was just, I've only ever seen him on YouTube. Yeah. 
he's, so a, he's a trip cool. isn't he um what else here uh the there's there's things i like things i didn't i'll start with the positives yeah please very well run of course you guys were there which you're the only team of spotters i feel confident with um you know being there in place of my guys i appreciate that because that's, that's you, you do your job so damn well that's how people need to spot at meets so that, that was great um it flowed very well. They gave us plenty of time. If we needed more time to rest, they gave it to us. There was no rush. Mm-hmm. We started. We started like noon, right? Yep. Uh, super. You know, just like we want everybody to be rested and get breakfast. I'm like, you were very super accommodating to the lifters. Um, it just, it was cool. I, I enjoyed it. I was successful that day. I got my only attempt in on my opener, but mm-hmm. um, it's just the camaraderie. I, I love seeing the West Side guys and Hoff, and it was just, it was just really fucking cool. Um, now things I didn't enjoy, uh, the bench was on the, the turf. Oh God. Jesus Christ. Like the original, when we were talking to Wayne the night before we, me and Kevin Pittman showed up to mm-hmm. kind of scatter out and see the things we were talking to Wayne. There was supposed to be a platform yep. uh, down first and the bench on top of that. So when we showed up and we saw the, the bench was on the turf, I'm like, Oh, for Christ's sake. So I think I came to you or one of your guys, Kyle, maybe, and I asked, like, can I put a sticky spray on my shoes? Because, like, I'm sliding just walking around here. Yep. And everybody followed suit. Everybody was spraying their shoes down because you can't really get traction on turf. Yeah, shout, shout out to Lloyd Bingham. I think he actually went out and bought two things to stick them for everybody to use and just pass it around everybody. Yep, and I, I brought my Marucci, so, like, yep. I was good to go, my baseball uh, baseball bat spray. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that kind of sucked. Um, I... I, I was walking around you know, during the warm-ups and stuff, and I kept staring at the bench. Mm-hmm. Something struck me as very odd. And I asked fellow competitors, like, does that bench look low to you? And uh, the pad, I, I, I think, I, I got confirmed with Bob Merck. I think the pad was extraordinarily low to the ground. Because mm. I think, because if, if, Bob asked, uh, I held a bench panel uh, not a few couple of weeks ago, and he, I asked him, we were talking about the bench, and he says, "Was it was it uh, Pullum's? Was it Wayne's bench?" And I said, "I think it was." And he told me that it's like a fourteen and a half inch tall pad. Hmm. And I was like, "Well, that ex- that that, uh, that explains it. It felt and, very and also strange it, to lay on. I had no leg drive whatsoever." When you look at the area that it was sitting on, you know, it's on that rubberized stuff, so it also sank into the floor as well, yeah. making it even. That's lower. even see that's even more fuel on, on the fire I'm, I'm building right here but yep. so so i mean i was like again i was successful on the bench given the circumstances of i i compete and i train on pads that are normally 17 and a half inches tall so having to adapt on on the spot to a, a three inches lower was kind of rough so um, life like, lesson there like kids three inches matters. Pad. that was that was my main that was my only like real critique i mm-hmm. i suppose yeah, I, I know one of the other things that I noticed was how the spotlights were kind of, I mean, it's n- less than ideal when you have a spotlight directly in your eyeballs when you're trying to bench uh, any <laughs> amount of weight, but especially the, the amounts you guys were doing. So I know that was a suboptimal, but overall, like, I, think, I, I mean, it was a cool experience, but then, you know, that honestly was more of a lead into this baddest bencher that uh, was uh, was down in Texas. Can you talk about that a little bit more? Yeah, and uh, I mean, I don't normally compete this often. I've done four meets in seven months, um, but they've all been money opportunities. So yeah. obviously, I'm, I'm going to take those opportunities. Um, I did the Baddest Venture uh, the first time, which was last March. This time it was in May. Mm-hmm. 
So after the WPO, I only had like a month and a half to train. And that's the thing I don't like too, is when I compete that often, you know, month to month to month or every other couple months, I'm not, I'm training to maintain what I have. I can't really build anything. Right. right. That, that kind of sucked. But when there's money involved, I, I, I gotta take it. Listen, man, you gotta make a living somehow. Yeah, somehow. So we went down there, um, again, totally, absolutely sponsored by Anderson power. I think he, they, they spotted the whole trip. Big shout out to Anderson power and Kevin Pittman. Uh, Ken Anderson was there with his brother. Mm-hmm. That was cool to see. But, um, so yeah, it was, uh, my second year doing it. And, uh, this time, the first year I did it, I was I did it because I got an invite. I, th- I was still benching single ply, so I suppose I was also kind of maybe trying to prove something. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I I was the only poly guy on the on the platform, and I I was keeping up with um all all the band shirts. I wasn't mm-hmm. using them at the time. I would right. say not just keeping up, but beating oh, them. Yeah, since you beat them too. <laughs> most of them bombed, well, as I remember. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I placed third by eleven pounds. I benched a thousand eighty. Winning bench was 1091. Yeah. Um, so I was, I was, ext- but I got, I got my opener, which was the 1080. And I had internally, I had won because I got a 30 pound PR from just a few months ago. So I was, I was happy as, as I could be. But I uh, got third last, the first year, walked away with a little bit of money. This year, I was going down like, I want to get it, I want to get big lifts, but I'm going down there to win. Like, I, my full intentions to go down there to win it. Um, it was, it was, you know, Tiny Meeker runs a pretty tight ship. Uh, it was a full power meet this year, and last year was just a push pull. Um, so it did last a hell of a lot longer than normal. Mm-hmm. Um, I had my opener set at twelve fourteen. It was kilos, so like whatever twelve fourteen. That was the heaviest opener by. I mean, it almost, has to be, be one hundred fifty I mean, plus pounds. Yeah, about a hundred pounds or so. Um, that was the fastest thousand pound bench I've done in a competition. Wow. It was just, I, I was shocked. The bar actually bounced at the top a little bit. I felt it. Um, so that was cool. And then I jumped to 1273. Had some issues with the barbell. Um, we, were, we were using Texas bench bars. Mm. Uh, not not the, the, the recently, uh, the, 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 uh, the amazing F8. barbells that are the Sportcraft F8 bench bars. Mm-hmm. Which I, we talk, I talked to Tiny shortly after the meet and said, hey dude, next year you have got to let Rob sponsor the meat with some barbells or something like just right. let him you know so i was having some issues with that much weight on on a texas bench bar tends to have the weights whip back not up and down but back and forth mm. i was having to correct that and i wasn't prepared for it and i missed my i missed the lift in the bottom repeated 1273 on my third and i was able to somehow i got it because it was it was shaking like a leaf on the way up i'm not sure how i corrected it but right so yeah, twelve seventy three, um, second heaviest bench I've ever done. Uh, walked away with a decent amount of money. Um, it was it was well run. I, it, it's a blast going down to that meet. You mm-hmm. know, uh, I'm not a fan of the Texas heat. Yeah, I mean, Florida, which, which is interesting because you love Florida, but yeah, but you know, it's just I don't know. I um, it's 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 a little I don't know. It's a little different. It's not quite as humid. It's just feel like you're sitting in an oven. F- Florida also has way more coastline than Texas does. So I think that probably helps. Yeah. Sure. Yep. Um, but, uh, it was good, man. I, I, uh, I, w- I want to do that meet every year just because not just cause there's money involved, but because of how much fun I have when we're doing that meet. Yeah. Sure. Um, yeah, it was good. Just for context, I looked it up at least in the APF WPC. The mm-hmm. rule is you can have the bench pad up to 46 centimeters, which is just over 18 inches in height. I'd be interested to know what 
the uh, the height of that bench pad is. Yeah, it's it's an elite. It's an elite bench. It was, it's an elite bench. Yeah, same yeah one, it was an elite bench. Sa- same um, one we have, and I know ours is definitely not three inches lower than that. Yeah, um, that's. Uh, I kept looking. I was pacing back and forth. I wonder if it's been compressed from being in the truck. We had some issues. I don't know because I I kept looking at it like oh Jesus Christ. like I was I was like staring it down like it was a plate of food or something I'm like what is going on <laughs> I, I, I talked have... to Rick yeah go I ahead talked to, I, oh, I, I talked to a couple other guys and said hey does that pad look low to you they're like oh fuck yeah it looks low and I sat down hmm. when I laid and I can tell like you know the ER combo rack yep. you're fucking garbage anyway yep those are like sixteen inches. Yeah. And I can I can feel it when I go to push with my legs. I'm like, oh whoa, like it's you know that's I can tell it's lower. I, I like I said, I talked to Bob Merck and he said that he actually it's it's 14 and a half inches according to Bob Merck. He said mm-hmm. that he actually has blocks at his gym that if he knows he's going to bench on that pad, he'll actually put three inch blocks on the floor to bring his legs up to train for that to accommodate for it. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, I wonder if just the pad is old. Um, because I'm pretty sure my elite benches are, I, in fact, I know hundred percent, they are not 14 and three quarters. No, I'll measure not. them after we're done with the interview, but I wonder yep. if just needs a, a replacement of the pad. Um, speaking of, uh, equipment, um, talk a little bit about your switch from poly shirts to band, uh, shirts. We'll, we'll call them just for the sake of argument. Um, we have a couple episodes on that, but you know, mm-hmm. talk about why you made the switch, uh, your opinions on them. Um, and are you going to stick with band shirts, or is it at some point you're going to try to go back to poly? I I made the switch in November, um, again, after I bombed out in York. And Tiny Meeker was there. He, he flew up from Texas. And I still, at that point, had the heaviest bench ever, 1120. Mm-hmm. Uh, he surpassed that mark in a band shirt with 1125. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, my single ply mark still stands. He didn't, you know, you can't <laughs> break a single ply mark with a bench, right? I'm not right. saying that. Right. But as far as the heaviest bench ever, quotation mark, uh, mark, he surpassed it. I'm like, okay, dude. So it was kind of, that's kind of what lit the fire for me to finally make the jump. Um, you know, cause I, I worked so, I, I used, I've been using katanas. All different types of katana, single ply, multi ply, open back, closed back, grid stitch, not grid stitch, triple ply, whatever. For from from 19 to 31 years old, mm-hmm. and uh, mastered those shirts inside out. It took me 12 years to go from the 700s to 1120. So to see my mark fall to one of these band shirts, and I'm like, okay, you know, so I'm I'm just gonna go ahead and do it. And what really, so it was, it was a culmination of that event. And I love Tiny to death. We're really good friends. Mm-hmm. All the, you know, I love him to death. But that's what kind of sparked it. On top of Anderson Powerlifting finally becoming the sole distributor for the Pharrell product. Um, I, I need and I want very much to stay true to the Anderson Powerlifting uh, line because mm-hmm. I, I've been sponsored with them since I was 19 years old. Right. They've done been nothing but kind to me, and I love them to death. So when they finally picked up the dis- dis- distribution for Pharrell's products, that became an Anderson product. Therefore, it fell under something that I could use. Right. Instead of going outside the company and kind of betraying them and using something else, now, okay, now it's an Anderson product. Let's go ahead and do this. Started working with Rob Pharrell very close. He made me a few custom shirts. Um, the switch was – it was hard at first. I almost uh, didn't do it. I couldn't get them to work. I was being told uh, – 
flare your elbows out to the side and bench like this. And I, I was, my shoulders started popping you know, under a thousand pounds. And I'd be out for three weeks. And I, you know, that sucks. So mm-hmm. I, I got smart and said, okay, fuck that. I'm going to bench how I always bench tucking and benching off my belly. Hmm. And then it clicked. It started to work. I'm like, huh, I should have been doing that this whole time. It, it, that's interesting. Cause when we interviewed Hunter, uh, what is Hunter's last name? Hernandez. Uh, Hunter Hernandez. When we interviewed Hunter Hernandez, he that's how he said he benches in the band shirt, which yes. seemed odd to me. Yeah, I don't like the idea of benching like a bodybuilder with a thousand pounds in my hands. Yeah, that's a just seems re- like a bad idea for, for your shoulders. Yeah, terrible shoulders, yeah. ruptured tuberous. Yeah, no, that's, like, that's bad juju. Yeah. I don't do that crap. Amen. So once I once I abandoned that and benched normal, like I do in my katanas, tucking and coming low on the belly it started to click and started to work. Mm-hmm. Um, I have the benefit that in poly shirts in training for the past couple of years, I had handled weights from 12, 1250 to 1300 mm-hmm. in polys. Right. So I wasn't making like three to 400 pound jumps over what I currently could do. Yeah. You were risking already well into insane numbers. Yeah. So I had that benefit. So I'd already been handling those numbers before, um, but I was handling them more often now. That was the only difference. Right lower on boards and close to full range and stuff like that. But very, very positive, um, you know, very easy to learn. Uh, especially if you can bench in a denim or a katana, you can bench in anything. That's mm. been true since I, my first bench shirt was actually a double denim Karen Klein. So, ah, I, did, could you smell yeah. the marbles on there? <laughs> <laughs> it was a, it was a hand me down. It had a tear in the chest with a little patch and everything on it. So, uh, it, it didn't have any chain cigarette smoke smell to it or anything. It had been used plenty of times, but, um, so anyhow, that's back, back story. But any of, um, yeah, uh, trained for November, December, January, trained for about three to four months. And again, I, I benched 12, 25, 13, 20, my first meet. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I could, you know, I, I don't get off the bed. I don't take my shirt off now and I'm missing skin and I'm bleeding down my arms. Yeah, it's true. You know, for my katanas and stuff. It's just so that's nice being able to drape the shirt down between sets to cool off is is very nice, especially in Texas and Florida. <laughs> oh, do, yeah, definitely. I mean, I, we have a little bit better here in Virginia, but it gets pretty hot here too. Oh but, yeah. Um so no, it's uh it's 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 been positive for me. I was originally when they first came out, I was very very opinionated and very very vocal that I didn't like them. Um, I didn't like the idea. I didn't like the idea that they now this was when, of course, when they were mixed in with multiply, it was just like the next multiply shirt. We're like, whoa, 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 back up. Right. No, 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 no. These are not multiply. This is something completely. F- so we got that win where they finally said, OK, this is considered a limited. That's where we got that win um, and our multiply records were safe and our, you know, whatever. But um, so once it became separated to its own division, I was more OK with it. Uh, I originally didn't like the idea because for the, for the longest time, if you say took your poly bench shirt and did something like, I don't know, put rubber bands in it or added bungee cords to it, or tried to hide, you know, try to be a little shysty and hide something in the, that's completely illegal. Right. And then these shirts come out and wraps get their elasticity from interwoven rubber. So when these shirts came out that are comprised of mostly interwoven rubber, I was like, well, how is that legal? Because you can't, add rubber to your poly shirts and that's illegal. How the fuck is it? So that's where my argument stemmed from. But, um, I, I eventually had to kind of just accept the fact that this is the way it's going to be, at least in most feds. 
um, it's been positive. It's, it's, it made benching fun again. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, 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 um, it's been very, very awesome. And most people are doing it now. I will, to answer the last question, I, I do have plans to go back to poly because there's still the divisions. Right. You know, there's single ply, there's multiply. Um, I have an ultimate goal to actually bench 1200 in a single ply shirt. Um, once I, once I do that, I probably never will do poly again. Hmm. That's my final goal with poly. Gotcha. So if I can ask this, because I know a certain someone has also asked us this question, do you have a target number to, as the next goal for the band shirts, or is it simply as the band shirt is categorized unlimited? Do I, you talking like weights? Yep. Yeah. Um, and, and if you're comfortable sharing, if you're not, that's totally fine. Yeah, no, I'm totally, fine. I'm totally open with it. Uh, my immediate goal is to, this year is to bench 1400. Um, and the fact that I've handled 1400 plus, I think six or seven times in the gym already. Mm-hmm. Uh, so 1400 pounds this year is definitely a goal I have. If you're talking ultimate goal, um, I do believe whether I do it or somebody else does it, I do think a three quarter ton, uh, 1500 pound bench is possible. Now, Correct if I'm wrong, did you not do like two a two or three board, a fifteen hundred pound bench in the band shirt? No. Um I've not handled fifteen hundred pounds okay. yet. I have plans to do so um, in the near future for the first time. Up. But my my heaviest gym lift is a fourteen hundred twenty five pound. Okay. Uh one one board or half board, I forget what it was. Which is absolutely nothing to shake a stick at. That's absolutely incredible. <laughs> um so uh, shifting gears a little bit. Uh, more like so let's pull back. Let's talk about powerlifting in general. Mm. What do you feel it would take to make powerlifting mainstream enough, like for people to make a living off of it, or or do we even want powerlifting to be quote unquote mainstream? You know, it, it might sound selfish, but I don't. I don't want it to be. Mm-hmm. I I don't. I don't like. I don't like. Fun fact: You and Dan I, Bell in the same camp on that. <laughs> what is that? You, you and Dan Bell in the same camp on that. You don't want Good. It to be. Yeah, no, I don't. I I grew up I grew up in the sport when it was underground, misunderstood, very very dark. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Very uh, underground type, and I loved that. Mm-hmm. I just I loved that idea. I loved the the people I was surrounded with, and it was very obscure. But the people who are in it, just we live and breathe it. We all are speaking the same language here. I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. Um, the mainstream type that i've that i've seen and uh that i don't know it just it's just ugh, it's just dirty to me I, I just don't like it at all i i like the obscureness i love i don't do this shit for recognition or money i mean i know i have done both the mm-hmm. last year or two right um but i could i could never be in a magazine i could never be on on the internet if i had it my way i would have no internet whatsoever i would have no instagram no facebook no nothing i would just be that dark horse the chuck v of benching basically i mean um, to be fair a pretty pale horse but i hear i hear what you're saying <laughs> well you got dang it now and, <laughs> i can't well I you get my point yeah, now, absolutely, but, uh, yeah absolutely you have a good point as well but that's how that's my that's what i want my reality to be but it's just not my reality right now you bet you bet and i don't i, I, I don't inherently disagree i think probably bay and i are on the same page that it, but I guess you'd have to ask the question, what do you mean by mainstream? Correct. Could it still be a niche sport, slightly underground, but with more cash from niche sponsors? And I think 
you know, you could argue bodybuilding and strongman are relatively mainstream. You could argue definitely yes. CrossFit is relatively mainstream. But each one of those, if you asked the average person on the street, name one strongman competitor, they would be unable to. And sure. so it's it's still niche, but has cash in order to at least populate the upper ranks of the sport. And mm-hmm. I, I think that would be great for powerlifting, um, even on a, a smaller scale than what they do. I agree. I can I can agree with that. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I've I've really enjoyed uh, making some money. Uh, <laughs> yeah, who here, wouldn't? Yeah, this I mean, has been the highest paying year out of my life so far for the sport. But it took me 18 years, and being the greatest equipped uh, bencher in history to to be able to get that kind of small income. Mm-hmm. So I mean, so for me to do it for those 17 years with zero income i mean i obviously have not done it for the money i've had other means of doing uh making money making a living but uh i mean i I do like the idea that you know that your high your your top end athletes get paid getting paid and you know i think i think what would help the sport move forward honestly is paying spotters and judges um i mean there there are certain meat promoters that certainly do pay their spotters and judges okay that's Uh, good now to be fair, uh, the change gives but I do not get rich off the money that Eric pays me when I spot or MC or and I'm, I know the judges don't, but sure. Eric's also very fair. He's an asshole, but he runs a great meet, um, <laughs> <laughs> as, we, as we like to say. Uh, but no, I, I certainly know meat promoters that uh, that don't pay spotters or judges or MCs, and and that's that's unfortunate. It is, and I, I've seen, I've been to meets, I vol, I, I you know, I, I volunteer, I. I I've spotted and loaded when I was a little more, a uh, little, little lighter than little, I am. A little, little more nimble. Yeah, and uh, but I, I, you know, I, I, I judge. Um, I judge RPS meets here on the East Coast when I have time and capabilities to drive. And but I've been to meets where they just they're they're pulling kids out of the crowd, you, you know, to, to 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 come spot load, run the monolift and stuff. And I'm like, this is yeah, it's a it's a big we yikes. change. This big man. yikes right there. I, I won't name any any meets recently that you may or may not have been in attendance at, but. That uh, mm-hmm. may have been happening there too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so that's. Yeah. It sounds like you and your wife are big proponents of you know women's powerlifting, women's strength sports. Can you talk a little bit more about that and and kind of what your guys' involvement has been there? Um. So, our really really good friend, and you mentioned her name earlier, Bane, was Amber Hansen. Mm-hmm. Um. She's one of the founders of uh, the main event project. Um, it's, I think it's fantastic. Uh, I, am not as heavily involved with, with that. I, I just, I know Amber, I know Leah Reichman personally. Um, I think it's a fantastic thing. I, I am all for, uh, women having equal weight classes and other things they're trying to move forward with. That was the most recent one that I was aware of in terms of like getting the sport to change was mm-hmm. having more weight classes for women, which I completely agree with. Um, but uh, as far as like me and Katie personally, um, we are we have our own foundation. Um, we have the Colb Strong Scholarship mm-hmm. Fund, yep. where we're raising money through donation. We also host uh, charitable events like you know non-sanctioned meets and things like that. But we raise money uh, for young athletes, um, these up-and-coming lifters. Uh, it's specifically designed for the teenage and junior age uh, ages, uh, 13 to 23. Uh, for every $1,000 we raise, that's one athlete that we sponsor. 
It's awesome. Um, so that's we, you know, in a maybe I'm not for the mainstream portion as much, but I do, I do feel like um, people need to give back more. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, in Bain, you you go, you go above and beyond. You you spot and load. You MC. Obviously, you give back. Uh, but what can I do as a lifter? You know, mm-hmm. so I, I go to meets. Uh, maybe I'm not judging them. It's there to help a friend, but I find people in the warm up area. You know, I find the one guy who's by himself trying to put his shirt on by himself, you know, and I'll run the model. If I'll load some plates, I'll spot some people on bench, um, try to give back as little as I can, or I mean, as, as little as it may be, but trying to give back somehow. Mm-hmm. Um, and when we were in our teenage years and for, we first got together as a couple and stuff, I mean, she'd be going to the food bank behind my back, you know, cause, uh, we want to go to this competition uh, can't afford our rent, you know, just really struggling as a, as a young couple and a thousand dollars would have really made a difference. That's, that's a game changer for some people. I mean, there's some oh, folks that won't buy yeah. a grand, but there's some people that that is, uh, that is life changing in the moment. Yes. I mean, I got to the point when I was a young, young lad, I, I couldn't pay a $25 gym membership. Yep. Um, uh, that's how down we were and thousand bucks would have, Oh Jesus, I would have been life changing, especially at the moment. But, uh, um, I, I joke about it that my wife, my wife and I, because we were a young couple as well, and we had you know kids and all that very early, and like we were so broke we couldn't pay attention. <laughs> <laughs> we couldn't, pay, yeah. <laughs> like that's, I mean, that's that's what it was, man. Like, yeah, yeah, and and, and it'd be that way. Yeah, um, and, and I think that's awesome. You know, I, I I know of you know obviously Amber's involvement in in the main event project. She's been a guest on the show a couple times as well as Leah, uh, Terry Duncan, and Allison. I know them as well, and they're they're amazing. I love seeing what you're doing with Cole Strong Scholarship because I think that, uh, to your point, like there are young people that uh, they need, they don't need a handout, they just need that hand up, and they, they can do great things and they can pass those things on, um, yes. you know, to to the next generation. Which I think is important. Um, I, I th- that leads into kind of the next question, and that's just thoughts on winning and and what it takes to progress. You know, winning ultimately just being the best on me day is is kind of simple. Just lift more weights, right? But mm-hmm. winning it eventually becomes a habit and a lifestyle and a mindset. Can can you talk about that a little more and like what what you've done now? Because you're you're in uncharted water. Like at, at some point, you know, hey, you hit hit numbers that no one's ever hit before, and now you've you've really pushed those numbers very very far. Mm-hmm. What does it take to keep progressing and keep keep getting better? And honestly, to, to stay excited about it. I that's a question I've gotten a lot. Um, in person, but also online, is how the fuck do you stay motivated? Because you're so far on top. Yeah, and I, and I, I, I hate that fucking word motivated. It's like, but but yeah, that's part of it, right? Yeah, it's. It, I, I like to mention all the time that, like, yeah, I'm on top right now, but anything can happen. Mm-hmm. You know, anybody can surpass me. I, I accept that fact. It, it's that's why we have records. They're meant to be broken. Whatever. Yes, they're they're rented. Um, Those motherfuckers are rented. We're renting them. That's exactly it. I don't care how far ahead I am. It, any record can be broken. I mm-hmm. always acknowledge that. Um, but for the time being, I'll enjoy being where I'm at. Um, but how do I stay motivated? Um, I've spent my entire career um, only concerned with myself. Mm-hmm. I've I've not been the type. I remember growing up, you know, watching uh, it, uh, YouTube in its infancy and watching like you know uh, Super Training Gym and Mark Bell and obviously watching West Side. Yeah. I think Mark Bell actually had a – I don't think he called it a kill list, but he had a a list of people that he would, like, seek out to, like, beat in competition. He would scratch the name off and go to the next person. Yep. 
So constantly chasing other people, chasing other totals, chasing whatever. Um, I've never done that. So when I finally got to the very top, even as far back as last year when I benched 1120, um, there was nobody above me at that time. Mm -hmm. But I still had, I've always been so involved with what I'm doing, what I want to get out of the sport. Um, I've broken records along the way. Cool. That's like a bonus. I've won competitions along the way. Cool. That's a, that's a bonus, but I want to get certain things out of the sport and achieve certain numbers. Um, so because I've not been concerned with other people, this whole time I've been doing this sport, there's always something more, even sitting at the top right now. I have so many more damn numbers I want to do mm-hmm. and things I want to accomplish. I'm never bored. I always have something else I want to chase. Um, if I was just beating, trying to beat him and beat him and beat him along the way and I got to the top, there's nobody else to beat. Well, what, what the fuck am I going to do now? Yeah, absolutely. But that's, not been, that's not been my mindset at any point in my entire career. Um, so that's how I stay motivated personally. And then on top of that, I just, I really fucking enjoy what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, <laughs> I get a large amount of, uh, enjoyment out of doing what I do and lifting the big weights. And, uh, it's cool. I, I've always wanted to do it and I'm finally doing it. And I just, I got no reason to stop. I'm healthy. I'm still young, relatively speaking, uh, yeah. You know, thirty-two pushing sixty-five, <laughs> but uh, but I fuck feel you, good, fuck man. You are I, young man. I, like I, it blows my mind when I hear people say they're thirty-something. I'm like, fuck you guys, man. I'm fucking forty now. It sucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I just I have no reason to to quit. I'm I'm, I'm in yeah. good shape. I I'm 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 having a blast, man. For real. Well, what kind of injuries, if anything, have you dealt with, Jimmy? I don't remember hearing about any big injuries. Have you had any? Or uh, no, I, I haven't. Uh, I've Okay. Yes, everybody's not going to order right now. <laughs> <laughs> I've I've not so uh, yeah I've I've never torn a pec. I've never blown out a shoulder. I've never had a quad tear, but I've been in equipment also the majority of my competitive career. Right. So I kind of attribute like mm. oh the gears, you know, it's there to keep you safe on top of lifting more weight. So that's Weird. one thing. But um, the only time I've actually gotten like hurt, I was at Fort Lee for my uh, MOS school. It was a 2111 armor. I was mm-hmm. at Fort Lee for seven months. God damn it. So I was there and I actually got back into lifting weights mid enlistment because, believe this or not, I was trying to increase my runtime. Yeah. Um, at one point, I was a uh, 20 minute, three mile runner. I mean, um, there was a time I was too. That's also when I played the sport nobody cared oh. about. Yeah, I mean, I was, you know, at five foot five, I was, I mean, my little leg, I mean, I, I, that, was a, that was quite the pace to keep up. That was on the island. And then after that, I was like 22, 23 minutes, yeah. but whatever. What was keeping me you're, back, you're highly motivated at the island too. increasing was not the cardiovascular, it was my legs. Right. Oh, they were so under condition. So I started squatting again to increase my run time. The iron bug woke back up and then I started lifting weights to get back and lifting weights. Mm-hmm. Um, I was our, 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 uh, instructor, my, uh, mentor at Fort Lee, he was, uh, he was a 21, he was an armor for the Marine Corps Raiders at one point, real badass motherfucker. Um, he liked to do our PT in the mornings at school. Our schooling started at seven. We would PT at four o'clock till five o'clock shower, get outside by six, march over to the chow hall by seven. Mm-hmm. So we do PT at four in the morning. What he liked to do to separate the men from the boys was uh, planks and Marine Corps planks. We just did them on our hands, not on our forearms, but yep. on our hands. Yep. And so we would just do planks all morning, push ups and planks, push ups and planks. And so we're doing planks all morning. And my 
I had like the 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 quivering titties for like the rest of the day. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I was like, oh, oh, well, that was oof. I can really feel them. And then throughout the twelve hour school day, they it eventually went away, and I was like, oh, okay. I went to the gym, which was just a short walk from our barracks uh, that evening, about six o'clock, seven o'clock at night, and I was benching, and it was my second set with three fifteen. And I was a set of eight or so. I was I did one rep, two rep. And then on the halfway up on the third rep, I heard or felt a crunch in my left pack. I was like, fuck me. And I racked it real quick. And I was like, oh, what the? I was like, I'm done. I'm done. I walked back to the barracks. Um, and I, it was so painful. I couldn't even take, it was like a Wednesday night. So I had to get my laundry done because field day was the next day. So I had to build my laundry that night. Mm-hmm. I couldn't grab the laundry out of uh, the, the, the washer because of how bad that peck hurt. Oof. So what ended up happening was I think I actually ruptured the the fascia around the muscle. Mm-hmm. I had no visible, no, no no discoloration, no bruising, but just a lot of pain. Pretty and then eventually it started to heal up. I had a PT, like I was doing push-ups on, on my knees, like on one arm. You know, like I told them guys, I think I tore my pec and they accommodated me, but I still ran and mm-hmm. kept up with everybody. I had to do things a little bit different. Um about three months later, it completely healed. I remember hanging from a pull-up bar for the first time. I could feel like a fibrous, kind of like a, almost like a tearing mm-hmm. going on. Like I was kind of stretching out whatever it was that had healed. And I was like, ooh, that, it didn't hurt, but it felt kind of kind of weird. And So that was the only real injury I've ever had. It wasn't even directly related to the weights. It was because of all those damn planks I did in the morning. Right. Um, a little bit of fascia injury, which it went away after about three or four months. But um when I was, I was the only other time that I ever got injured was uh, benching at a gym here in Virginia. Again, this is before I benched a thousand pounds. I was benching 405 and a some kind of slinger device, no wrist wraps, like a freaking moron. Mm-hmm. I did one rep, and then I noticed my left wrist was cocked back more than my right. I'm like, oh, that's inefficient. So I went to straighten my wrist out just like a millimeter, and the bar fell out of my hands. Oh. Yikes. At full lockout, 405, it came down to my chest, bounced, and came back down a second time. Oh, that's like yeah. my, if you've ever heard the story of my very first meet, uh, you know, preempt to the whole spotting thing, I had like 315 dropped on me. Yeah. Same, exact same thing. Like my wrist flicked a little bit, spotter wasn't paying attention, and bam, right, right on my titty. It was, I thought I got hit by a car. I, it was the most, hor- hearing a, a barbell spin like midair. Yeah is the most terrifying sound of my life. I, I mean, I, I've been around, you know, the Marine Corps and guns all, but that, that sound of a free falling barbell loaded with four plates, like spinning in the air, mm-hmm. horrifying. And it landed. I cracked two ribs, pulverized my soft tissue. I had, Katie had to help me in and out of bed for six months. I Oof. couldn't use my wow. abs. I, my body, like I, I stopped sneezing. Mm-hmm. You can't laugh too hard. That was, um, of course, I still had to PT, which led to eventual permanent issues I have now. They wouldn't let me like totally rest it off, so that yep. kind of sucked. But yep. um, so yeah, that but but that those are extraordinarily rare circumstances. Um, but that's 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 it, man. I've not did, been. Did you develop that. a third clavicle during this time? I did not. You know something, maybe, but if if it is, I I'm unbeknownst to it. It might be okay. So I've, I've heard, I, but but you also did not lose one, correct? You still have both. I, I clearly I, I can let me see one I do have both they're, okay. they're both there okay I know you I just, you're I believe you're a part of the clavicle location and inspection team 
Well, I, I, I'm aware of it. I don't know if I'm like heavily involved, but, uh, Oh, gotcha. Gotcha. I, I am aware of it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> for for those who don't know, there was a big running gag amongst a, a group of lifters that I got privy to when I was in Erie, and uh, we'll just say the uh, the clit is alive and well. So there you uh, go. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Alrighty then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, what's next for Jimmy? Um, what's the next meet? You, you kind of talked about goals, but like, what's uh, what's going on in the rest of twenty twenty two? What do you got going on in twenty twenty three? Well. Um... I had to, I had a, a I had an event happen to me where after the Erie meet that you were at mm-hmm. Maine, I had to be an adult and finally admit to myself that uh, the training I have been doing is no longer working. Mm-hmm. So I, I completely it's worked. It's brought me eleven thousand pound uh, competitive benches mm-hmm. over two and a half years. But I, I, I took all that training, crumpled it up and threw it in the fucking trash. Wow. I, I actually, I've never followed a program. I've never had a, stri- I just, I've been doing my own thing almost my entire career and it's worked. I, I've never, I, I've never fall. I've never been coached. I've never followed a program by anybody online. Nothing. I've always done my own thing successfully. Um, but I had, now that I'm a little bit older and I have to admit that too, I had to develop a structured program to follow something I could look at on paper and go, okay, this is this week. This is this week. Uh, by my own design, uh, inspiration from like four or five different people, I put it all together on paper. So I'm, I got one more week to complete my first cycle of this new training cycle. Mm-hmm. Uh, it seems to really be fucking working well. Sick. I'll just, I'll just say that it is working. Very, I'm starting to see those weekly PRs that I was so used to again. So uh, it's going very well. So uh, if if it continues to work well and uh, I, I continue to progress, then I plan to compete uh, in York, uh, Pennsylvania, end of November. Okay. Uh, they always they always host a meet at the Barbell Hall of Fame about, I think, the week prior to Thanksgiving. Okay. Gotcha. So that's my that's my next. Like I need like I mentioned before, going from, uh, you know, February and then uh, WPO in March and then as venture in may you know i have no time to build anything right so i needed to give myself a good three to four months to just not travel not mm-hmm. compete and just build and train so if it continues to go well definitely doing the meets in york in november uh that's where i'm going to go for the big 14 if things go according to you know according to plan right 2023, I, I do know I'm fully committed to an IPA meet. Uh, Chris Jividen just became the IPA state chairman for West Virginia. Mm-hmm. Saw that. And, yeah, and we, uh, we're we doing a, an IPA meet at his location, Hurricane West Virginia, uh, February. Mm-hmm. I think it's February 4th. Hurricane West Virginia, um, home of Nitro High School. <laughs> really? Yes. Uh, there was a quarterback in the late 90s that uh, – beat Tim Couch's all-time uh, passing yards record. I just remember oh. he was from Hurricane West Virginia and Nitro High School. I thought it was the coolest fucking thing ever. Oh, that's fuck, That's pretty That's pretty awesome. Yeah. yeah. So, it, I mean, s- since those records have been broken, but it's just like silly little trivia oh. shit that I know. Oh, sure, yeah. Um, so that's that'll be our – that's my only plan so far. I, I've not heard any talk about Arnold Classic yet. I've not heard anything about Baddest Venture or WPO. Uh, I'm totally open to any of those things. I just have to kind of, I got to be made aware yeah. uh, before I pull the trigger on those. But um, so, so far I've got two meets planned. 
Well, we've got an autism uh, benefit meet here at 2XL at the end of April. Consider this an invitation um, to come bench at that. Now, the, we, I'll have to say you wouldn't be able to wear a band shirt. You'd have to go back to Polly. Correct. Because uh, an sanctioned meet. <laughs> but, but hey, if you want to go for that 1,200 in Polly. Well, that, yeah, but I, I, that's going to – ooh, I'll tell you what, man. That's a hell of a train. I, I was in a single-ply Polly like five weeks ago, just mm-hmm. kind of farting around for a minute. Yep. And the way you bench in a band shirt is very different than a poly. I mean, obviously. Right. They're very different uh, pieces. But um, I, I, <laughs> I've i developed some bad habits that I, that I would not do in a poly shirt. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So the transition would be very difficult. I mean, possible, just difficult. Sure. Um, so I'd have to plan way in advance for that. Um, as long as I – mean, again, I – Baz Spencer, WPO Bench Bash for Cash. Those are like the big ones that I want to uh, mm-hmm. uh, be involved in because I've had such a blast doing them this past year. But I'll I'll, I'll put that on the radar um, anyhow. I'm sure we'll talk again after this. Sure. But, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yes, sir. You know, uh, a couple more, and these are all we – th- we think we think way back and then we look forward. So, you know, thinking back to, to a young Jimmy, you, know, you started you know playing sports, started lifting, you're 14, 15 years old. What would you tell young Jimmy or just any like young aspiring lifter about powerlifting in your experience th- and and how would you explain it to to them? Don't try to be like others. Hmm. Uh, I grew up I grew up just just following Gene Richlack, Ryan Canelli, and Scott Mendelson, and then eventually, whenever Tiny Meeker hit the hit the spotlight with mm-hmm. his thousand pound benches. And I always, like, to this day, I will tell you, I think Ryan Canelli is the greatest bench presser in history. Um, and I followed him like a hawk as a kid. Mm-hmm. And I tell him, I, I, I called him a few times and I, I, talk, I talked to him last week and I tell him, I like, you are the reason I'm doing this shit. Like, yeah, I always wanted to be you. Um, so I, I tried to mimic, I tried to do like the Canelli method. I tried to bet work out like Scott, you know, I tried to do the things they were doing and it never worked. Mm-hmm. Um, I found myself training how I wanted to train from time to time. And, uh, I would see magnificent results from it. I was getting super strong and do it, but because other people were not training like me, I thought it was wrong. Mm. When in reality, every human being that has ever lived is currently living and will ever live are completely different from one another. Yep. So you have to find the things that work for you as your unique individual self. And if it's a strange method that nobody else fucking has ever done, but you are getting magnificent results from it, just stick to that. Do not try to be like your idols or do the things that they do because they're not you. You're not them. And and I want to be clear on this because this is a piece that I will clip and pass on to quite a few people. You're mm-hmm. also saying don't try to be Jimmy Cole because there's only fucking one Jimmy Cole. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I mean, to take inspiration from whoever sure. you want, but do not, don't try to do what I do the way I do it because it might not work for you. And I've Absolutely. I've made this mistake with, uh, I've had lifters come lift with me, and I, you know, I'm, I'm stubborn in my own ways, and I have them train how I train, mm-hmm. and they get they start getting heavier and heavier weights, heavier weights, and at the exact same time, so there's like two or three of them at once, they all start to decline. At the exact, they all start. I, bur- I burn people out. Right, and I feel so bad. I'm like, oh shit, I burned them out. Now we got to start because I don't know how to train any other way besides the way I do it now. Right, and you also uh, got 18 plus years of doing it that way versus they're in a few months. Correct, and and like I said, I've only four weeks ago did I 
scrap 18 years of how I've been doing it to uh, adapt a new style, mm-hmm. which I developed myself for me. Right. Uh, to, to, to take them to the next level. So I always, I use the analogy that like method a will only get you result a Yep. Uh, method a is not going to get you result B, C, D, E. You have to do different methods to get you to the next level. And that's where I'm at right now mm-hmm. um, is, is, is to get me to that next level. I have to do something different because the weights are getting heavier. I'm not getting any younger, even though I'm still on the younger side, I, I'll suppose, but mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just, uh, younger lifters, just find what works for you as an individual. Cause you're, you're very unique and, and, uh, just, just run with it, man. Em- embrace that uniqueness. I think that's, that's, that's an important yeah. lesson for life in general, but I, I love that, man. Thank you for, for sharing. Absolutely. That. Absolutely. So when it's all said and done, Jimmy, what do you want people to think of when they think of Jimmy Kolb? <sighs> that's tough. Cause I don't, I never think about that. Uh, I, 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 I'm very, keep his plate full. Yeah, it, I'm very, <laughs> I, I'm very, I'm so involved with just with, I mean, I, I have my friends and my training partners and my wife. I'm not trying to sound completely selfish, but like when it comes to the lifting, I, I'm very just involved with me mm-hmm. and I don't think about those things. I don't think about like, how am I going to be remembered? How, what, what do people think about me? I don't give a shit about that. Like I don't do this shit to please others, but um, I don't know. I, I suppose if I had to narrow it down, I would like to maybe be recognized, you know, 50 years from now as, as being a pioneer, uh, at least in the equipped bench press at one point or one of, uh, a, a historically great bench presser. Mm-hmm. Um, but if they do or they don't, I mean, like I said, whether people recognize me or not, uh, I, I'm enjoying the shit out of what I'm doing and it's my life and I love it. And, uh, I don't, I don't want to stop and, uh, it's, it, the shit's great, man. So, um, that's all I, that's all I really have. I, I just, I want to be recognized down the road, I suppose. Okay. That's awesome, man. You know, we, we've talked about a ton of shit, Jimmy. And, and first of all, thanks so much for the time. I know you're busy. You got, you know, training, you got life, you know, I, I'm married. Eric's married. We understand there's always demands around mm-hmm. that. Anything else you want to share with anybody? The the floor is yours, man. Any anything else you want is kind of your your parting thoughts. Uh, we we've covered a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, trying to think of other directions that I possibly could have, but um, uh, I've I've learned a lot. I've lived a lot. Um, I've made mistakes. <laughs> Marine Corps. <laughs> yeah. uh, <laughs> uh, no, I just um, I I've I guess I've learned to uh. And the, and the Marine Corps really helped this, which, which I, it's hard for me to admit that, but uh, I, I've l- really learned to live in the moment. Hmm. Um, I'm not, I'm not one of these people with my phones out all the time or have my phone out recording something. It's like, I, I've learned to live in the moment and I don't sweat the small things or worry about the future. Um, so like, for example, when I was in the Marine Corps and I was, there was a lot of unknowns. Mm-hmm. In that situation, Jesus H, talk about a, a, a mind fuck of just this completely different world. Um, and I, I learned very quickly to just like time never stops. You know what I'm saying? Like time, no matter what's going on, no matter how shitty things are, the clock never stops ticking. The sun, we never stop revol- revolving around the sun. Time yep. continues to move forward. Yep. Um, so I, I learned very quickly that like no matter how shitty things are getting, like it's going to eventually be done or pass. Time moves on, things move on, forget about it. 
Um, and then like for, you know, if we're, when I'm driving down the road in my car, I'm not worried about tomorrow. I'm not worried about next week or the next month. I'm living that moment. I'm driving in my car. I'm enjoying the nice weather or the AC or the music I'm listening to. I'm, I'm right now. I am Jimmy Cole. I am driving my vehicle mm-hmm. and I'm enjoying it. I get to the gym. Now I'm at the gym. I'm going to enjoy the gym. That's just, I don't, I don't worry about things. Uh, you know, cause you, you don't know how long you have left. Yeah. Why, 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 why waste your energy worrying about shit? Just, oh. just live, man. Just enjoy living and, do the, do the best you can at whatever you're doing. Enjoy it. Dude, fuck yeah. I, I love that, man, because it, because you're right. We live in this connected world, and, and it is easy to worry about shit, right? Like, you, if you wanted to, and you wanted to focus on all the shit that you either can control or that could happen or may happen or will happen or is down the road, I mean, it's fucking exhausting. But I, I love that, too. Just, like you said, just be in the moment and, yep. and experience the moment. And and experience it as you. Like, I, I, I love that you pointed out specifically, you don't have to record everything on your phone. No, you're you're literally your mind can record shit, and so like they enjoy that moment. So I I appreciate you saying that, man, because that's uh yeah that's a that's a big one because I know I know specifically a lot of young people look to you because again that that bench press is one of those that every young man picks up right away, right? And I think it's a big thing that all young people can can hear is especially in today's generation is appreciate the fucking moment. You have to. I it's just I, I'm very I, I, I guess I'm old spirited. I don't I don't fucking know. I didn't grow up with phones until I was mm-hmm. in middle school when they first started coming out. Um, and I you just I just I like to just live in the moment. I, I enjoy everything about life. I mean, there's always going to be shit. Yep. That you have to deal with. And I, and I accept that fact. But until then, I'm, I'm smooth sailing, man. I just love it. There you go. Awesome, man. Where can people find uh, you on social media, Jimmy? Yes, uh, right now. Uh, so everything is pretty much one word. It's all Kolb Strong. So mm-hmm. I'm on Instagram. My IG handle is Kolb Strong. We also have the Kolb Strong Scholarship, also on Instagram, which is just Kolb Strong Scholarship. Mm-hmm. We have a website, KolbStrongScholarship.com. Perfect. Uh, for more information about uh, what we do, what the what the fund is for, how you can donate, things of that nature. Um, that's, I'm mostly on Instagram. I have a Facebook. I'm not very active on that. I, I prefer to like talk to people and call. So normally if someone reaches out, mm-hmm. I either give them my number or I send voice memos. I hate texting. I hate messaging people like that. So impersonal. Yes. Yeah. Um, stuff like that. So, um, and then also if you ever do go to AndersonPowerlifting.com for your powerlifting needs, your powerlifting superstore, I, my Instagram handle can be used as a 10% discount code. Shameless plug. Love it. Yep. Perfect. Gotcha. <laughs> well, Jimmy, uh, appreciate you taking some time to talk with us and hearing a little bit more about your lifting career. Uh, this has been great. I, this doesn't happen to me very often. I don't. I don't do this kind of thing. Uh, I don't, I'm not in high demand, so to speak. But uh, I appreciate your guys' time. It's just as valuable as mine. Uh, thank you for having me on here. I've had a blast talking to both of you for real. Hell yeah, yeah dude. Yeah. Can't uh, hope, hopefully see you either WPO or, or out on the road soon, man. Yeah, dude, we'll see each other soon. We'll talk soon for sure. Amen. All right, Mr. Bain, there was Mr. Jimmy Cole. Mr. Jimmy Cole, man. I'm sure Timor is just beaming ear to ear right now. Uh, get to listen t- to this. Timor's here. <laughs> Fucking Timor. <laughs> um, I, I really enjoyed talking to Jimmy. Um, some interesting stuff there. Um, I'm, I'm super interested to see what happens now in this recent evolution. Like, I'm. I love that he was willing to admit, like, "Hey, man, like, 18 years of of training now, like, I've kind of hit a peak and I got to change shit." 
you know, and, I, and I'm not one to question the guy that benches 1,300 pounds, but it seems like after he started training consistently in the band shirt, mm-hmm. he wasn't consistently doing well. It's almost as though he did all his training in the poly shirts, jumped to the band shirt, did his best bench. And mm-hmm. there's, hey, when you're at that level, there's such a fine line between doing well and not well. Absolutely. One little small change, like he talked about the bench pad at the WPO. and it, I think there's other mitigating factors there than the bench pad sure, itself. But it, you put them all together and it, it's it, it's big. I mean, he, he talked about to me at uh, – at the IPA meet that like he felt a little twinge in his forearm and he's like, Nope, not fucking with it. I'm done. So I scratched the third attempt. Yeah. So he's right. I mean, what got you to 1300 isn't going to get you to 1400. I mean, that easy to say, harder to do. Exactly. Exactly. Um, but you know, interesting stuff. I'm not sure. I I still don't know that hundred percent agree with him on the band shirts, but I, I I do respect the fact that he's done both. Mm -hmm. He's done well in both. Um, and, and to me, that's what makes him in, in my history of looking at big benchers of his ilk, like a Scott Mendelson, like a Ryan Canelli, mm-hmm. like a Tiny Meeker, uh, from a consistency standpoint, Jimmy Kolb's got to be right up there, if not at the tippy he's, top. He's top three, possibly the best one of all time. I, I mean, in, well, in that, in that, as you're describing it. But then, I mean, from the numbers perspective, ball don't lie. Well, well, sure, but I, I'm, when I'm looking down his open powerlifting, which I realize is not always a hundred percent representative of every meet mm-hmm. that anyone's ever done. Yep, there's not a lot of bombs. And uh, with all due respect to a guy like Scott Mendelson, if you look at his open powerlifting, there's a heck of a lot more DQs than there are successful lifts. And that is not the case with Jimmy Kolb's uh, record of meets. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think he's been willing to go out and open a little bit lighter and get a lift and, uh, you know, God forbid, win the cash if it's offered. Um, I mean, sure you want the numbers, but at the end of the day, like, Money yeah. talks. Right. He walked away with cash of a number of different meets. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It, 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 it's interesting. The mindset of the bencher is just such a different mindset than the full power lifter. Yeah. It seems like he brings a little bit more of a full power lifter mindset than your traditional bencher that just basically will open with their PR. Um, and they get it or don't. And yeah. most of the time don't. No, I, I, I love it. I, I think it was a great interview. And I think there's a lot of, a lot of stuff for people to pull from that. So I think we've got, uh, you know, we, Sticking with the new schedule now, we're trying to do an interview and a, and a, and a regular show each month, and so now we'll uh, start doing. We'll you'll start some research, and we'll start adding some stuff for a uh, for another traditional episode. We'll do the whole plus a throwback, and, and we'll get her going again. Yeah, real quick, Mister Bain. You know, we talked about banning the bench arch, and we'll probably talk about this more mm-hmm. in our next episode. But there's been some rumblings that the IPF has talked about actually banning and the it, arch, and it's not just rumblings. I mean, there's like an actual like it sounds. It I, sounds like it's beyond rumbling, where it is actually like being looked into and discussed, and there's actually formal like. I'd like to see if there actually will be a formal a formal proposal in yep. their. Uh, I don't know what they call it. Their general assembly. Whatever. Yeah. Whatever their their cult meeting is, or whatever the fuck it is. It, interesting. I'm seeing some folks, and you know, he's never been on the show, and we don't know him personally. But you know, we've mentioned Russ Orhe a couple times on the show. He won tremendous lifter, very strong. Um, if I'm remembering right, he decided to stick with the USAPL. Uh, when he did the, he did the whole like you know like a, a college thing where you, t- you choose the hat of the school you're going to right sure and but then he's talking about the IPF and he thinks it's the right way to go and um and the IPF is the gold standard of of lifting like well wait a minute why then would you stick with the USAPL hmm so it was interesting to me again this is just things I, I observe and I notice and, and I have to go back and check because I'm literally shooting from the hip on this but I I feel like that flat backed bench 
is, I mean, we've talked about, you know, from, from nothing else, like from a shoulder safety perspective and, you know, a, a, a biomechanical perspective, like it's not optimal. Suboptimal, but yeah. well below sub, well below optimal. And the thing is, is that uh, I, I just, I, I, I'll be interested to see the language, what they put in there. I just don't know how you truly enforce it. Yeah, like, I, are you going to actually make, because like we all have a natural curve to our lumbar. Correct. You like, lie down and like you're, it's there. Like, uh, and maybe a, a chick that's super skinny, like there's going to be some daylight between her back and the bench, just lying down on the bench. Or, or they, is she going to have to force her hips into an anterior, uh, excuse me, into a posterior pelvic tilt right. and actually activate her abs to force her lower back down in order to, and again, we don't know what the language or, is. Or but look I, at look at people. Okay, I'll use my own biomechanics. I've got a huge ass. I lie down, and there is easily an inch and a half to two inches between my lower back and right. Are you going to have to like do like a like an ab press down? Yeah. just to be in order, in order to be able to bench legally in the IPF. And I get it. Somebody posted a well, recent video well, of an I, IPF. Thankfully, I ain't gonna be in there. Uh, yeah, of course. <laughs> Somebody posted a video of an IPF world record bench that was like one inch range of motion. Sure. And I, I do get why they want to get rid of that. I just, I don't know how it's you just, do it. I just don't know how you do it. And we, we kicked it around for a good half hour yeah, last week. It's just the exception to the, to the rule. Yeah. And, and that's why powerlifting is a total. Right. Exactly. So, anyways, Mr. Bain, yeah, we'll, we'll have a new episode uh, probably at the end of this month. A probably. more topical-based episode. We'll kick that around in the next week or so and see. Yep. We've, we've got a couple different topics that we've we've kicked around, and, and I think we've got a lot of interviews. I, um, I'm, I'm pretty sure the one we've been requested the most is uh, uh, the relation between OnlyFans and powerlifting. So we'll probably do some research on that, and we'll see what. Uh, we'll Yikes. On <laughs> um, <laughs> the interviews, I think you know we brought up some uh, some interesting people that we have not talked to. Mm-hmm. We've talked to. I believe two of the four founders mm-hmm. of the main event project. Absolutely, um, we could talk to one or both of the other two. Allison and Terry, yeah. Um, and then there's a couple others we've kicked around as well that uh, hopefully will be on the docket. And we've we've had some folks that have they've agreed to be on the show, and it's just you know getting schedules figured out. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'd say that is all for the day, Mr. Bain. With that, this is Eric Stone signing out. Strength and anger. <laughs>